0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. We're off the bye week and now into LSU Alabama week. I'm Billy Body. With me is Shay Dixon, and LSU Alabama week always comes with some intrigue, but this year comes with a little bit uh, of a different twist as Ed Ogeron has his final matchup against Nick Saban as LSU's coach. And on Monday, we lead off with another big piece of news, quarterback Miles Brennan, doing something that a lot of people thought could be the case with a new head coach coming in, or even if Ed Ogeron would have stayed after this year with Max Johnson taking over. But he's expected to enter the transfer portal, sources confirming that, to go 24-7. The former four-star quarterback uh, has been out, really, for the majority of the last two years, getting hurt last year against Missouri after he passed for career highs and yardage and touchdowns, ending his 2020 campaign. And then in 2021, uh, got hurt right before fall camp begin with an arm injury. Wasn't expected back uh, this season, is what Ed Ogeron said today and and kind of alluded to it during his bi-week press conference. And maybe this is why. He's entering the transfer portal, and it's tough for Miles Brennan. I mean, this is somebody that came out of Mississippi as the state's all-time leading passer. And you just feel for somebody who's stuck around, waited his turn multiple times. Uh, and now it looks like he's going to be heading elsewhere to finish his college career.
1: Shay, I mean, yeah, think about it. This is a guy who was the backup to Danny Etling at one point in his career, so he's been through a bit of it all. And and look, we we're around the boards, we're around Twitter and the radio, and talking to fans. And this is one that nobody's going to knock. I mean, Miles has, in the age of the transfer portal, stuck it out as long as you could potentially hope he would. I mean, like I said, Danny Etling's backup. Then it looked like he was going to be the starter when it was McMillan and Narcisse that offseason. Burrow comes in. That 2018 year, I believe, he was banged up too at some point in the year because Burrow sort of just played every game the whole time. And then in 19, he got in there as a backup behind Burrow during the national championship. And as you mentioned, a year ago, over 1,000 yards, his first three games, the first three starts he had, which were all SEC games, obviously, with how they did the 2020 schedule, and then 2021 getting injured right before camp. And certainly uh, at this point, had he been healthy, we would have been seeing uh, Miles Brennan out there. So it stings, but as you said, not unexpected. We did come away, we learned a few things out of today's news with Miles Brennan, which people have been talking about. One, you already said, he's not playing again this year. We had heard that, I'd kind of already been saying that, look, it's it felt like almost one of those things when he got hurt that they said, okay, this is at least a couple month injury, we'll see how it heals. So it was easy to circle the bye week that was a couple of months away. That never seemed overly realistic to me. And certainly a guy who's been injured in back-to-back years wasn't getting back there in these final four games behind an offensive line that hasn't played great behind, you know, with a team that's down on guys and he gets injured again, that you just don't want that to be in the cards. So we found that out. The two bigger pieces, well, one was Brennan really thinking about transferring. Yes. But, I think a lot of people wondered after this injury, was he even going to be playing football anymore? Like, would he be back out there again next spring and try to do this all over again with LSU? But Orgeron said two things. He said, look, a teary-eyed Miles came to me and we talked about it. And he said, look, I've made the decision with my family and it's finally probably best for me to go because he said, A, Miles wants to play one, you know, at least one more year of college football. He wants to have a season where he's the starter. And B he wants to do that because not just he likes playing the game; he has NFL aspirations. And that was another thing that we didn't know after multiple injuries where he really stood long term. Let alone if he still wanted to play college ball. So we do now know that look a guy who's got at least one year, maybe two, depending on how he handled all the medical stuff uh, ahead of him. That he's going to go somewhere. He'll be presumably a starter a year from now for another team. And and we'll see what the future holds for um, for Mr. Brennan from there. But he's always been great to us. He's a great teammate everybody loves him so uh, best of luck to Miles best of luck to the Brennans and as Orgeron said Miles you gave it all you stayed here longer than most guys would you graduated Uh, you've been around the program from the start you never wavered in recruiting remember he was on the uh, committed when Les Miles was the boat was rocking and then they were getting parting ways and and he stuck with LSU signed with them so uh, kudos to Brennan for graduating for riding out the career he's an SEC champion a national champion uh, and maybe we'll finally get to see him for more than just a few games hopefully he stays healthy
0: yeah Miles has always been great to us like you said I remember going over to Bay St. Louis to watch him pay, play for St. St. Stanislaw uh, they played Mobile uh, St. Paul's I believe so there's some other D1 talent on the field that day uh, Jalen Armour Davis I think is uh, one of them that that stood out to me as well and Uh, Look, I mean, he, he, like you said, did everything that he could to try and stay healthy to battle. But, you know, just hadn't worked out for him. And you feel for a guy like that. And uh, last week, uh, also LSU lost linebacker Bug Strong to the transfer portal as well. Um, So that's another name that's out for LSU. But today, uh, Ed Ogeron did rule out defensive back Sage Ryan, who's been playing that nickel spot. So he won't play against Alabama. He didn't rule him out for the year, but he said he's definitely not going to be available against the Crimson Tide, and then Cordell Flatt. they're still waiting to see. He won't practice on Monday or Tuesday. Shea, Ed Ojon mentioned all the names that we've seen trying to step up with Ray Darius Jones, Cam Lewis, um, Darren Evans, those guys that they're rolling out there in the secondary. But, I mean, once again, the secondary just gets hit with this injury bug. And, it, you know, against Bryce Young and that talented offense, it, it's still uh, it's going to be tough sledding this week.
1: Uh, it's a, 20 and a half point spread for a number of reasons. I'm curious that that spread does, and I don't. We'll see how it gets better around, but I don't know, boy. It, even four touchdowns, you start to wonder. I mean, look around at missing two starting D ends, a starting D tackle in Joe Evans. Your two starting cornerbacks in Rickson and Stingley, a starting safety in Burns, a new starter in Sage Ryan, and you're not even getting Billy into. You don't have Keshawn. You don't have Deion Smith. You don't have. You know, you haven't had John Emery all year. You played dominoes on the offensive line. Uh, they've already now said they're redshirting Garrett Nussmeyer, so he'll play in just one more of these final four games. So really, you're moving forward with one scholarship quarterback, and you just hope he doesn't get hurt. I mean, they're admitting Max has been playing hurt, and that's why you saw him uh, come out a little early at the end of the last game. None of it spells good news. You've got a coach that's, you know, a lame duck coach, every uh, in, in ever since the word at this point of knowing that the season's going to be over for him, and this team is sort of. Continuous. We saw a week ago, Bug Strong enters a transfer portal, and thankfully, at linebacker, Micah Baskerville and Damone Clark have been your starters wire to wire, and neither of them have ever gotten hurt, really even for more than a play. You haven't played Mike Jones Jr., and you don't. they don't have confidence in him, they say, to be out there. Bug Strong's transferring. Josh White's been hurt. Sampa's been hurt and just not playing. And he said, look, the next man up and kind of the last man up, uh, and I did not mention Jared Small off for the year with an ACL, uh, is now Greg Penn, who's a true freshman. So that's kind of what you're going to be dealing with in the, the one and two deep here against Bama, uh, a team that's clicking, that has SEC championship, playoff aspirations. It's a night game in Tuscaloosa. Look, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this today. I am going to leave all that up to Maddie B and Sonny on Thursday's preview pod, because I don't really know what I could say that can make anybody feel any different about what we all probably know how it will play out on Saturday, which will be probably close to that 28-point spread. It's not expected to be a close game at all.
0: Yeah, I'm good with that, Shay, which means we're going to talk some recruiting, which we haven't really been able to do lately because LSU is moving on from Ed Ogeron, and you know that's something that is kind of all in a standstill in a way, but the staff was out watching prospects this past week. Uh, Ed Ogeron stopped in with Andre Carter to watch Quincy Wiggins. Harold Perkins was watched by Blake Baker. Harold Perkins is the five-star linebacker, top 10 overall prospect on 24-7 sports. Uh, The crystal ball sits on Texas A&M for him, but it's really an LSU, Texas A&M, Texas battle for him. And then Kendrick Law was watched by Mickey Joseph. Uh, We've seen a, a bunch of the top targets and top prospects get watched by LSU, but let's go to somebody who is super key to this 2022 class, no matter how the coaching search you know, shakes out this is probably number one overall priority 1a 1b with with keeping will campbell in louisiana is walker howard and there's a lot of buzz around him uh as of late he visited notre dame for an official visit it, it seems like uh he's getting courted by old miss but that visit might not be on uh, there's a lot of buzz regarding his commitment and, and shay this is a uh, you know, won that for LSU, and we'll get to the coaching search on the flip side of this recruiting talk, but um it's as important as any of them when it comes to a new head coach, and right now it just seems like things are up in the air, and it makes a lot of sense, but uh, the new head coach, whoever it is, they've got to keep Walker Howard uh, right at the top.
1: I think that the thing for me is with Walker, you look and he's a guy whose dad played at LSU, he's from Lafayette which has always been so good to LSU I mean even in the roughest of years they've had Lafayette has sent them talent so uh, it's one the Acadian areas kind of proudly waved that flag and said look we don't waver and Keyshawn Boutte and guys like that are the latest to come from over there and you wonder will all that be good enough right And and I think it really just comes down to this and you can you can balance that versus you hear that he might go to Ole Miss. Sonny talked to Jamie, his dad, and, and said, look, I don't think we're going to be up at Ole Miss this weekend. But they did make another Dame, Dame trip. It's obvious that not just Walker, but all these guys, Billy, are having to figure out what's my plan B? What is my plan C? because And especially at a quarterback, Walker is the easiest to explain. What happens if a new head coach comes and says, okay, I'm bringing my quarterback with me as a transfer. I'm bringing my quarterback commitment with me. He's also a five-star. He'll be our guy. Well, then Walker is going to be left at the altar, left saying, okay, I'll sign, but into a class I didn't expect to be part of, a two-quarterback class. And so you go and you look around, and quarterback's unique, but uh, some of these positions are going to leave guys really wondering, okay, what do I do if my position coach isn't there? What do I do uh, about the depth chart? How's it going to look? All these things come into play. So not a shock to see that this next month and the half month that's led up to this, because we've already seen guys making visits are going to be rough. The The reality is, is that when you go through something like this, you're going through it for a reason. You're not playing well on, on the field. The AD has decided that the staff and the head coach are not what he wants for the future of the program. So you can't just turn around and then sell much beyond the program. And I think Ed Orcheron's at least going out and trying to do that. I mean, he was on the road this past weekend. You know him. He'll still have the power hours. The coaches will still talk to these guys. But all they can say is, look, I was never lying to you. I do think LSU is the best place for you, but I've got to pass that baton on to somebody else. And we don't know that somebody else is until the end of November, early December. And we don't know, the recruits don't know, and that's going to leave them all in the meantime saying, okay, if I've gotten till then to figure it out, I need to do some homework first on my end of, okay, what are my backup options? So that's what we're seeing right now. and And the goal is like to make a hire. Keep whatever you can in the class together, keep whatever you can of the team together, and then start building from there and, and also instilling a new culture in LSU where every week a guy isn't opting out or, or transferring or whatever it might be uh, or decommitting, whatever you have. And you find stability again through this new hire. You'll look back and say, okay, that month and a half of you know, October and November wasn't that big of a deal. You know We lost a few guys, but it wasn't the end of the world. We're better off for it now. Um, that's the goal, right? So I think all you can do as a fan right now is just sit back and say, I'll hold on tight and and I'll wait to see what it looks like uh, once all the dust settles.
0: Yeah. And you make an interesting point with the coaching search. And I've said this on the board, you don't make a hire, you don't fire whatever over one recruiting class, but Walker Howard is as important as it gets for uh, the next coach, whoever that is. And I'll say this, and this isn't meant to be a, a shot or anything like that, but, was texting with a couple of people today and just said, you know, if Walker Howard committed to Ed Ogeron, who's not a quarterback whisperer, guru, or anything like that, I've at least got faith that Jim uh, that um uh, I said Jimbo Fisher's quarterback whisperer classic. Um Scott Woodward is going to be able to make a hire whoever that is uh, that's going to bring a new take on the offense, uh modernize it again. Um It's not going to be that, you know, try to be a 2019 team and copy that, Um, but I do think it's going to be a a hire that's going to breathe some positivity on the offensive side of the ball, Um, whether that's Jimbo Fisher, Billy Napier, I mean, whoever you want to throw out there, it seems like most of the names that we hear in the coaching circles right now or the rumor mill are offensively minded. And, um, you know, Shay, that's a good time to transition into the coaching search update, Walker Howard, he's certainly making sure his options are kept open. Um, you know, Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, he seems to you know be able to put quarterbacks in good positions. Uh, Lane Kiffin is a school, uh, and Ole Miss is a school that's still recruiting him. You know, where we sit right now, and as the coaching uh, carousel is really heating up, you know, Gary Patterson gets fired, let go, parted ways with this weekend. Matt Wells at Texas Tech. Clay Helton was let go at Ogeron. Um, the The coaching carousel is spinning. Virginia Tech could come up open. So this could be a very active offseason, and not to mention the heat that Dan Mullen's under. I guess let's take stock of the coaching search so far because you, you've said this a lot on the board, and I, I'm a believer of this too. I think this hire as soon as the season is over is going to be made relatively quickly. And I think based on Scott Woodward's track record, that remains the case.
1: I do. I don't think you make a firing midseason and not use that next time to line up your candidate and get it done for the end of the season. And people say, Well, what about bowl games? What about all that? If you're Scott Woodward, you're writing this big of a check. you're getting the job done. You're getting it announced because you've got an early signing period. You've got players on the current team. you need to keep out of the transfer portal. There's too much to address there in terms of the immediate future of the program and and just kind of starting to build that you can't wait beyond that. You can't get into January and be uh, chasing people. At least it's not uh, a path that certainly Woodward or, or others would say, man, that's what we we hoped or we wanted to take. You want that announcement made within a week, within a few days, by Monday, if mean, you finish the season on Saturday against a m by Sunday or Monday you want a new hire announced. And I don't know exactly when it will be, but Woodward's track record has shown that, yes, he will have that new hire announced within that first week. Of this season ending. So when we get there, we'll see. We're a month away now. <clears throat> we'll, we're hearing it all. People will toss around, you know, hires and and people that he's worked with before, guys like Jimbo Fisher. So at you know at A now there's the no buyout, even though he has the huge contract. Could they put together, something together if that was Woodward's guy? They you know Woodward hired him at AM. Woodward worked with him at LSU. Mel Tucker, who's kind of the the darling of the weekend at least of getting the the victory over. Uh, Michigan, keeping Michigan State undefeated, was a guy who worked with Scott Woodward when he was at LSU. So you understand why a lot of these – look, he comes from the Saban tree, a guy who's worked with Saban multiple times, a guy who's been a D.C. in the SEC. So a lot of these things would make sense, right? Like you could understand why Scott Woodward is entertaining those people. He knows them. He knows their background. He can ask around uh, a lot in terms of people he trusts that probably have uh, lengthy experience with guys like that. And then there's the names out there that they don't have ties to. And, look, James Franklin was probably the name people talked about most. I think he's lost, what, three straight games? I know he's lost the two games since the news of Orgeron being terminated at the end of the season came out. So you can kind of play this hot and cold game even if you want to of of how everybody's trending once the news broke. But I think the reality of it is this. USC being open, Florida potentially being open, Miami, Nebraska – you know, people are saying Chip Kelly's on the hot seat, which I can remember a month and a half ago when people tried to tell me UCLA was one of the best teams in the country. And that's why LSU lost to him, which is clearly not the case at all. Um, but those are marquee jobs, right? Like those are all really big programs, historic programs that, um, and I guess I tossed in USC at the start, uh, that would be open. And then if you have, you know, if James Franklin bolts to USC, you've got Penn State open. I don't think LSU's ever going to put themselves in a position where they're battling for any of those schools or jobs because I think Woodward right now is using this month and a half. And, it, and probably the time before that, let's be fair, Billy, didn't just decide to say, let's part ways with uh, Ed Orgeron. Now I'll start thinking about who I might want to be the next head coach. He had long had probably his list ready. Then they're deep into the vetting. Then they're getting into money talks and trying to do everything you can to make sure, all right, we're in line for when the season ends, you're announced as our coach. We're not sitting around here doing what happened to LSU when Ed Orgeron got hired. And look, they won a the national championship. So that's not what the point of this is or, or what I'm saying, but Oliva made things very public and very publicly. They were going after Herman and Jimbo. Well, Woodward got Jimbo signed right when the season ended pretty much. And then obviously Herman landed at Texas and, and then they hired Orgeron, obviously this time around Woodward is keeping things very tight left. And I look, I've, you can. Everybody knows somebody. They can ask what's going on, and you'll hear a different story. But the more I ask around the people who normally would know what's going on around the program, around the AD office, around the big boosters, are saying, "Look, I think Scott, maybe two, three, four people know, and and that's what he's dealing with. He doesn't want it to leave that inner circle uh, because he would see uh, if it getting out, it would cause um, you know any per any potential hiccup or road bump." Uh, that he's trying to avoid so I think he's trying to do this in a bit of silence where it's, it's just him and whoever else knows agents and and a head coach but not a lot of people are talking which is why I think we're here. hearing Billy every week someone is convinced that they heard that this guy is getting the job it's already done uh, and we've said it from the start don't believe any of it just get through this next month now and then you'll find out who LSU's next head coach is and And I think all we can do if you're a fan, certainly, is just put your faith in Scott Woodward that he was hired to come here to make a hire like this one. And people like the Jay Johnson hire. They like the Kim Mulkey hire. This is the biggest one. So uh, as a fan base, you just got to put your faith that, hey, he's going to get it right. And we'll see what the money and the name looks like after that.
0: A month out and a lot of board posters will sometimes say this about the crystal ball, that they should be locked in. You know, as soon as there's a decision date announced or a month before signing day or whatever, I think we need to start getting some serious board bets going on on this because there are some out there that are convinced it's X candidate, Y candidate. I think we need to start a thread to uh, have people uh, really lock down and lock in their choices here.
1: Yeah, well, that's the, the old band bet. You know, you can, uh, if you're that confident, your source, post it. But if you're wrong, you're banned. A month, a year, I don't know how long it takes. Till LSU has a winning record again, you're out. So uh, we'll put it to the board. I think then the threads would be cut down a good bit. I think then we would only have Xavion Thomas threads uh, from Coach Cheese. So maybe we'll let them keep rolling for a bit. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And look, I think one, and this is where the hot and cold thing is interesting for me from the fan perspective. Scott Woodward made the decision to move on from Ed Run when the season was where it was. And at that time, there's a list of candidates that he certainly has that he wants to go after. And he's got his list. I'm sure it's in order. If he's evaluating that list, and this is my opinion, if he's evaluating this list over the past however many games, then he's being reactionary to whatever's going on in this season, rather than all the information that he's had over the course of, let's say, however many years watching X candidate or Y candidate or talking to other ADs or talking to other coaches, gathering all that information. And while if there was a complete collapse by his top target, his top candidate, there either better be a decent reason for that in terms of how he's going to pitch that to the fan base or um, that's been his guy and he's going to stick with him and you know in some cases maybe that would take him off the list but I just don't see that happening I think he's got his his list I think he's kept it to that inner circle that you mentioned Shay. and from here uh, with a month to go until the end of the season we'll kind of keep our ears to the ground but I I'm with you I think it's something that's going to be announced relatively quickly after the end of the season and you know scott woodward's going to make this hire with a lot of conviction and you know we look at so many things over the past you know with at Ojron or scott woodward and you hear trust the coaches or trust scott woodward or what have you uh that's what has to happen here uh again so if he makes a hire and a team fizzled out you know he's going to have to probably take some questions about it you know knowing the LSU beat um, and the coach is probably going to have to maybe answer one or two about that. And then the new era begins. So we'll keep an eye on it, of course, on the coaching front. And uh, one thing, one thing we're also tracking, Shay, is uh, the bowl destination, potential bowl destination. All right. We've taken this, we've taken this poll. LSU has to win. LSU has to go two and two to make a bowl. I'm not sure on the five and seven rule. I don't know if they're APR or
1: whatever. If yes, if someone threw that at me the other day there. Like, Can't you get in with five? I was like, this is just depressing conversation. Like, if you're <laughs> having to argue, I would have to call my boy Matty B and see at North Texas, can you get in at five games? I would joke about SMU, but they're actually playing well, so... <laughs>
2: Uh, North Texas did get in on five wins back in 2016. Boom, boom,
1: boom. <laughs> so, yeah, hey,
2: if, if North Texas can do it, LSU you can buy, play, yeah,
1: LSU can maybe do it.
0: Slide yeah. some money in
2: there and get in the bowl.
0: And, and we've got some interesting options here, Shea. You posted on the board uh, the rundown. I mean, we've got everywhere from Charlotte to Jacksonville, Tampa. Uh, yeah, but Music you make
1: that sound nice. You got to actually read the sponsor of the bowl with it to understand <laughs> just how good it is. Look, Let's I'm trying to
0: pick up. Here. I'm I'm trying to pick up people's spirits about traveling to somewhere. You know, maybe maybe South Florida at the end of December or the middle of December for this one depends. None of these. The none list. of
1: these. None of these are the Puyon Weed Eater Bowl, which was always a uh, Louisiana favorite. <laughs> uh, we've got the Duke. These are SEC tie-in bowls that obviously are into the categories LSU would go in, which is where the SEC just starts kind of allotting their teams based on I don't know, however they finish, I guess um duke's mayo bowl mercari is the new sponsor of the texas bowl you've got the outback bowl in there the gator bowl which is tax slayer the trans perfect music city bowl which lsu's done the music city bowl before and then if you're really at the bus so this is if you're winning like five or six games you're in the ticket smarter birmingham bowl or you're in the union home mortgage gasparilla bowl
2: a trip to to birmingham man
1: there's some AAC opponents in there though, Billy. So Ooh. Give me that. Give
0: me that Tampa. Give me that Tampa matchup. Boy, what a what a board what a board week we'd have uh leading up. Or well I guess two weeks after uh with the lead up. Or does or would LSU what are what are those dates? Some of them have gotta be like December eighteenth or something.
1: I think they're the week before LSU's final game of the season. They're like November tenth or something.
2: <laughs> <That'd be laughs> 20th. Now a- so here's we need uh, LSU ahead, to win. We need LSU to beat uh, Arkansas, AM and and UL Monroe. If it goes seven and five, and then play, and then and then play SMU in a bowl game.
0: Oh man, yeah, I might, I might schedule some uh, well timed vacation for that one. Just, <laughs> hey, just yeah. leave it to the boards. Leave it to
1: the boards. Billy had a real national championship aspirations before this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, I okay, love so- covering
0: a national championship team. It was fun in 2019. Right.
1: Here. <laughs> Here's my question. I'll, I'll pose it to you two And, and we'll let y'all, uh, I'll be the tiebreaker. We wrap up here. People were debating on the board. Is it worth going to a bowl game because you're getting like 15 extra practices, all this, or given that it's a coaching change, all this, are you better served just not going and saying, Hey, let the new coaches get in here and get the guys going and, and figure it out
2: from there. You go first, Billy.
0: Um, I, I, mean, I nor, All right. So if they were, if they were this bad with a full healthy roster, I would say absolutely take the practices and you try to get the younger guys extra reps. You know, I mean, I don't know what that would look like, or if, you know, there's also the flip side of it where you say, do you even want them being coached by those guys anymore? Um, You know, that that's also a good counter argument to that, but I mean, where the team is right now, I mean, if you get the, If you get offered a bowl with five wins, I think maybe you just say no. Um, That means you don't win another SEC game. You beat ULM. That's not. Yeah. uh, But I'll say this. After a tough season, as, you know, obviously as tough as it's gone, going somewhere, you know, maybe tropical might be fun for the players. And maybe just, you know, get some bowl swag and just, you know, couple extra weeks and then and then move on
2: yeah i i i do know how important those pra- extra practices can be um just how much coaches to kind of talk about them but with this situation in particular obviously i don't see the value in them and the injuries that you brought up i don't see the value in but um i also agree with you that if you go to go to like jacksonville or something it doesn't matter where you go just go take a trip yeah, I mean, you have no pressure on you. Just go go enjoy the trip. That, that's what I
1: was said somewhere tropical, like Birmingham or <laughs> Tampa or Tampa or Jacksonville. Give it to him. Give it to <laughs> him. Philly's from Tampa. He's trying to just get him back home for Christmas. That's all he's yeah, doing. Tropical. Yeah, get that trip paid <laughs> for for work, man. Get
2: that trip paid
0: for. Hey, so, now, you know, the, the, hey the, the flights these days, I mean, they are just an adventure anyway, so. You know, I'll take a free, free flight home for Christmas, you know, oh paid for God. by CBS. Shout out. Um, if they,
1: the Bahamas know, Bowl is still running, but it doesn't look like it's sponsored by Popeyes anymore.
2: Is there an and ad it's also a,
1: Yeah, it's a CUSA and a
0: Madison. Yeah, I was going to say,
2: yeah, it's CUSA. Or, I knew or, that. With, with
0: yeah, yeah Maddie B's like, I tried to get uh, North Texas in there. FAU yeah, kept going, right. man. I
2: couldn't, I couldn't get North Texas into it. Oh, uh, lane train yeah.
0: in the
1: Bahamas. No surprise. Exactly. <laughs> That uh, yeah. When that was, if that was still the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl, block, I'm in.
0: Block, block.
2: I'm in. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred
1: I'm, I'm, I'm entering the portal and transferring to a conference USA site right now. Actually,
2: there are there any conference USA so schools left? UTSA, man, go, go UTSA. Yeah, <laughs> go down to yeah, San Antonio. No, they're, they're all, in, all they're all there. in the AAC now. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I, yeah, they're all in the AAC now. God. Oh man. Louisiana the, Tech, uh, actually, the only one left. I know I know our our, our friends in uh,
0: in Rust and I feel feel bad for them getting left behind that's a good staff there so anyway I guess uh we should wrap this up well uh welcome to Bama week yeah I yeah going into the season I mean didn't didn't see it coming like this even as you know sometimes as bad as Bama could take care of business against LSU I didn't see us talking about uh whether LSU should go to a bowl five and seven or not.
2: But well, hey, I'll check out. Uh, yeah, stay stay tuned on uh, for Sunny and I's uh, preview podcast. Shame yeah, plug. Good go. plug, good
0: plug. There you go, good plug. For for Shay Dixon, Maddie B. I'm Billy Embodied. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Go Twenty Four Seven podcast. If you're still listening to us, uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review, throw us a follow, and subscribe to the YouTube page as well. Like Maddie B said, stay tuned for the preview pod uh, later this week, and we're also going to start heating up some basketball podcasts with that season getting closer as well. So be on the lookout for that. We'll catch you guys next week as uh, we'll be reviewing LSU Alabama on uh, Monday on this uh, next week's pod. So we'll catch you guys then.
3: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.